Well, friend, the world is certainly changing quickly. Every day we are hearing about closures, cancellations, warnings about health and safety, ridiculous and unbelievable shortages on items such as toilet paper, and new numbers are being presented daily from the World Health Organization about deaths, people being diagnosed and quarantined. In a time of such uncertainty and tenderness, I urge you to remember that if we stay focused on what we can control, wash our hands and adhere to the social restrictions placed upon us by our health and government authorities, we could hopefully work together to stop the contagion of this virus. While we stay close to home and love on our people, please remember to care for those who are lonely, sick, or burdened around you. Times like this, we show who we really are, and I believe we can be a people that are not fear-mongering and hoarding by nature, but rather we can be focused on the good and protect one another as best we can. Stay home, play with your loved ones, rest, stay off the social media because feasting on too much of that will make you a little nuts. Be grateful for what you do have. And when you have exhausted your binge watching, pick up books that feed your soul with hope, imagination, and the reminder that we can be overcomers and we truly are blessed. I am thrilled to present you today with our theme song. Yay! It has beautifully been created by a dear friend to me. Her name is Carrie Brigden, and she has a heart and a musical gift that I knew instantly would be the perfect, perfect introduction to this podcast. So she has worked hard. She's put together a beautiful tone for this, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So here's the introduction to our podcast. Have a great day, y'all. It's a book check journey. Come along with me. It's a book check journey. Come along with me. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Book Truck Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and my passion is for books and people who love books. I run Daisy Chain Book Company, a bookshop on wheels in Edmonton, Canada, and I am desperately wanting to ditch my final assignment for a Shakespeare class so I can just wrap up in a fuzzy and read. This podcast is about books, our wildly diverse reading lives, and the people I meet on my book truck journey. Today, I want to give a shout out to Lisa, who has given me my one and only review on iTunes. Yay! She says, I love the variety of bookish topics in this podcast. Lots of book recommendations and discussions of many things that book people love to talk about. Thank you so much, Lisa. And I'm glad I'm able to fill your ears with something bookishly relevant for you. If you would like to go on iTunes and leave a review, that would be great because it helps people find the podcast easier and it assists potential listeners with deciding whether or not this is the podcast for them. Your voice counts. Today on the Book Truck Chronicles, I will be sharing my conversation with Charlene Tamura, a local mom, entrepreneur, and avid reader right here in Edmonton. She has a smart, environmentally friendly solution for all the extra stuff that you don't know what to do with, but just don't have the heart to toss out, which we will definitely talk about 
and she prefers books that are very intriguing to me because they're ones I have never read before. Don't you just love discovering something new that could be incredible? Awesome! My TBR list grew during our conversation, and I'm sure yours will as well. So here is my conversation with Charlene. Hi, Charlene. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. Can you share a little bit with my listeners about you and what you do? Sure. Um, I have four children, two in university and two in high school, and I live in Edmonton. I was born in Edmonton. My parents were born in Edmonton. Um, I have my own business called She Sells Your Stuff, where I help people to sell their things that they don't want, um, help them to just clear them out of their house. For And it's mostly useful for people who, um, like older ladies, I have a lot of older lady clients, um, people who are moving, people who are just too busy, or also people that don't understand how Kijiji works or can't figure out how to upload photos, or people that just don't want strangers coming to their door. Awesome. So you're a really safe solution for people who want to sell their things, but they just don't want strangers coming to their homes. Yes. And how did you get started doing this? Well, um, we were cleaning our own garage one time and we made a pile of stuff to sell and I sold it. And then I thought, well, that was pretty easy. If I can sell my stuff, maybe I can sell other people's stuff. And it's just been growing and growing and growing. And I've been doing it for almost nine years now. Good for you. And you can schedule your business around your life and what's important to you. I love it. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I think it's fantastic that you are part of the movement that shares, recycles, and helps people find new homes for what they no longer use. Exactly. Sometimes people have a lot of things, like if they have a parent or uh, a sibling or something that has died and they don't even know where to begin and they have a whole house full of things to get rid of, I can help them with that. Or sometimes people only have two or three things and they just don't think it's worth the time to put towards listing all the two or three things. I heard once, except for food and gas, if we stopped buying new items for a whole year, we would notice very little change in the quality of our life, but we definitely would notice it in our pocketbook and the world would thank us. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I think there's, there's so many things out there in the world that are just sitting around not being used and if we could get them back in the cycle of being used and people enjoying them then maybe we wouldn't need to buy and manufacture and create new things there's so many things out there i think that we could go without producing clothes or coffee mugs for the next 10 years and we would all still be fine oh i totally agree with you tell me a little bit about your reading life about my reading life um i like to read very much um i'm reading Every day, uh, I usually go to bed and read for about an hour before I go to sleep, and sometimes during the day too, but mostly at nighttime. And what are you reading right now? Um, Right now, I'm reading a book called The Masked City. It's by Genevieve Cogman. It's in the it's in the um, Invisible Library series, so it's the second one in the series, and it's a little bit more fantasy based than I'm usually than I usually read. I uh, usually lean more towards the science fiction, but this one has um, dragons in it and the fae, and it's about this um, library that exists sort of out of normal time and space, and they have these librarians that travel to worlds throughout the multiverse, I suppose, and they um, get copies of books that only exist in these um, different worlds. Oh, that's cool. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And I'm also reading a book called The Cozy Minimalist Home. And I'm not sure how you pronounce this lady's name. I think it's Mickwellyn Smith. 
and it's about it's about decluttering and making your home more cozy and and minimalist at the same time. It's quite a challenge, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> they seem to be opposite ends of the spectrum sometimes, but she's trying to trying to bridge the gap. So you and I had met at Starbucks back in November and talked about books and what we're reading. I was so impressed by your habit of tracking your reading. Can you share a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a notebook that I write down all the books that I'm read that I've read that it, the ones that I finished, the ones that I don't finish, I don't write down. Um, so I write them down in my notebook and. Well, I, I was looking back to see which books I had um, I had written about, and I found my no I have notebooks going all the way back to 1998. 1998. Okay, so your reading log is as old as my marriage. <laughs> now, what made you start writing things down? Um, I'm not sure why I started re writing them down. I'm not. I don't remember why I started, but. I enjoy it. Like it's nice to if somebody says, "Oh, do you have any books that you'd like to recommend?" I could look back and say, "Oh, yeah, this was a good science fiction or this was a good historical fiction or that kind of thing. These I really enjoyed or this was a series or that kind of thing." This year I have a goal where I've I've written down all the series of books that I'm reading and um I want to finish off some of them. Some of them, you know, you there's a five book series and you've only read two of them and then it kind of languishes. So I'd like to kind of get caught up on a few series. So the book journals really help with where was I on this? Like what book did I finish? And that kind of thing. The act of tracking what you're reading, even the books that you stopped reading and why, has become a much more popular practice among readers. Sometimes it's because they have a gap in their memory about a book or a series, and sometimes it's because it can be so satisfying to just cross things off your list and see your progress. That's right. Yes. And does the format that you use change over time, or has your reading log been fairly consistent? Oh, pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. I tend to do most of my tracking on Goodreads, and then I transfer it to my book journal, and I love seeing how my tastes in reading have changed. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I also sometimes I usually usually I write down, oh, um, Debbie gave this book to me or I read this book for my book club or I got this as a gift or I found this on the street or that kind of thing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last book, Charlene, that you told a friend that they must read? Um, I think I've got a couple. So I just finished reading Station Eleven. Um, and that was really, really good. That's a Canadian book. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic world. And I, I read that for my book club. And it was a bit difficult to read in the past couple of weeks because it takes place after a giant flu plague has wiped out the world. So reading all the news with the coronavirus, it's been a bit like, oh, this is a bit too close to home. But that was a really good one. And I also uh, just told a friend to read uh, This I Know by Terry O'Reilly, and he's a, also a Canadian, and that was a nonfiction. It's about marketing and just how to get your story out there. I have a friend who's starting her own business, and I said, you need to read this. It's about good marketing techniques. Those sound great. Yay. <laughs> so when you think back to your reading life, because clearly you've been an avid reader for a long time, and you take your reading life very seriously. What would you say is a book that has stayed with you long after you finished it? Mm. I, I a long time ago I read a book called Blindness, and I think it was Jose Scaramango or something. I'm not sure exactly. And that book has really just stuck in my brain. It was it's it, it's a very very different kind of book. There's no real punctuation in it. It's just sort of long 
drawn out sentences and the characters don't really have names. They're like the doctor and the doctor's wife and the boy with the red shirt. And it also takes place um, after a plague that um, strikes the whole world blind. And so how society falls apart, but there's one woman who still has sight and the things that she sees when everyone else can't see it. It's really, it was a very haunting book. I have heard many people mention this book, but your synopsis is very, very intriguing. It is now going on my TBR. There you go. Are there any others you can think of? Um, there's another book called The Years of Rice and Salt. Um, I can't remember who it was by. I can't remember, but that was it. That was another good, good one. It was very long, but it um, it takes place sort of across a thousand years, and there's seven different parts to it. And it's this group of people, about six people. It's been a while since I read it. It's about six people, and they keep being reincarnated, but they all still end up meeting each other. And so over these many, many hundreds of years, this group still meets, and then they kind of try and figure out, oh, last last life, you were my husband. Oh, last life, you were my mother, that kind of thing. And it starts um, in Europe um, after, the, I seem to have a theme here after the bubonic plague but uh, <laughs> uh where um in our timeline the bubonic plague killed i think a third of the population where in this book it killed i think 95 percent of the population of europe so how history has changed because europe was not part of the picture so all the discoveries and inventions that europeans had made now are being made by Chinese people or Arabic people or that kind of thing. And how um, even the world was um, colonized has changed. It's, it was very different. It was a very good book. Oh, that sounds really good. Has anyone inspired you to be an avid reader? Um, well, my parents are both big readers. I know my dad reads on his tablet and he reads until the battery dies. And then he switches to his second tablet and reads that one until the battery dies while the first one is charging. <laughs> so he likes to read a lot. And my mom also reads a lot too. She's always at the library. We kind of have a competition of who can read the most books in a year. I think I won last year. I had 70, but she won the year before because she had, I think, 75 or something like that. So both of, both of my parents have, are big, big readers. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say that all parents want their kids to read, but encouraging them and buying the books isn't enough. Talking with them about the book and modeling your own love for reading makes such a significant impact. Exactly. Yes. Well, isn't it, they say, they say more is caught than taught. Absolutely. Good call. Now, how do you choose the books you will read next? Um, well, I'm in two book clubs now, so that keeps me, keeps, uh, gives me some ideas, but usually it's just whatever I feel like, what recommendations I get from, you know, Facebook or online, or uh, there's just lots of things. If I go to the library and I just look around and see stuff and, yeah. Do you ever get drawn in by covers? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I've been guilty of that on more than one occasion. Sometimes it pays off and sometimes not. Yes. <laughs> and do you keep a list in your journal of books that you want to read as well? Not really, no. No, I haven't, but no. <laughs> and what is the next thing that you plan to read? Um, well, I have to read my next book club book, but I can't remember what it is. Oh, it's the, the Family G or... 
the family G something about the family G it's about it's by Amy Mackay um, and it's a memoir about a family many over many generations I think a family that has some specific kind of cancer gene and how they deal with it <laughs> so a book about another sickness yes <laughs> I'm sensing a theme in the season of your reading life, Charlene. <laughs> well, you know, you go through phases in your life, right? Where you read all all the same thing, it seems like. <laughs> Have you ever read The Book of M? No, I haven't. You might really like that one. Huh. The Book of M is Ping Shepard's debut novel. It came out in 2018, I believe. And it's what happens when many people across the world lose their shadows and then lose their memories. It's a global plague they call the forgetting. So what is life now like for those who still have their memories? The impact on relationships, society, health, security, and everything that it means to live on this planet have changed. It was so good. Wow, that's interesting, huh? Yeah, and with your history about stories dealing with plagues, this might be right up your alley. It's, it's funny, my kids always bug me because they say that every book that I read is either an organizing, decluttering book or a time travel book. And yet I haven't talked about any time travel books. <laughs> well, let's do that right now then. Who doesn't love a good time travel book? Yes, yeah. Do you know of any off the top of your head to recommend? Um, there's one called um, The Little Book. It's by Selden Edwards. And that was a really, really good book. And it's it's about a man who sort of spontaneously travels back to um, Austria around 1910, and how he finds his way and then and his life there. It's it is really good. That's not a very good description of it. But it's it's a really, really good book. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I love when the author can really transport you somewhere else. It's magical. The way they paint words and the space around you so you feel totally immersed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a there's another one that I that I read another time travel one called The Rise and Fall of Dodo, and that's by Neil Stevenson, and that was a really good one too. This this group is hired by um by the US government again to make a time machine and they make it and then they try and figure out how to not give it to the to the US government because the US government obviously wants to go back and change history to make things more in their favor right like win wars and that kind of thing and that was a really good one that's a long one too but it was really really entertaining and how they're how they have sort of different goals at the beginning than they do at the end I've seen that one, but based on the cover, I couldn't tell what it was about. I just walked right past it. Yes, yeah. And there's another one called Time and Again by Jack Finney. And that, it, um, when I saw the recommendation for that, it said it was one of the best classic time travel books ever written. And it was a really, also really, really good. It's about this man who can also sort of spontaneously travel back to, I think it was around the same time, or like around 1900 New York. And he he's he's recruited by uh, U.S. government, like the CIA kind of group, and to send him back to this New York. I can't remember why they were sending him back, but yeah, that was a really really good one. And just the descriptions of New York a hundred years ago were just just great. Ooh, that sounds interesting. And, and another series that I really like is called The Chronicles of Saint Marys, 
and I think I've told you about this one before, and it's about this group in um, in the UK, and they uh, they go back and they witness historical events. So they, they they specifically say we're not time travelers; we witness historical events in contemporary time. So it's it's a bit of a semantic issue with them, but uh, they go back and then they they would film like uh, the fall of Troy or you know, Julius Caesar's assassination and things. And it's, it's, it's really, um, it's got that British goofy, silly things going wrong all the time, funny vibe to it. It's, they're very, very good books. And there's a lot of them too. I think there's like eight or 10 of them. Oh, those sound great. Good suggestions. Yeah, yeah. She's, she comes out with a new one like every year or two. And every Christmas she writes a, sor- a short story that is a companion to the, to the books. Cool. Totally just added that to my reading list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really good. That's by Jodi Taylor. Okay, you have literally given us so many meaty books to consider. So for anyone listening who may be worried that you missed a title or two, have no fear. I will have all of them listed for you in the show notes. And if you are a fan of time travel or stories that transport you, you just might be a book twin to Charlene. There you go. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So it is no surprise that as much as I love hearing about new reads, I also love hearing about bookish communities that readers are involved in. And how did you find your book clubs? Um... I think there was a, it it um it just meets at chapters so it's just at chapters on the south side the what is it the third monday of every month and uh, we just I think there was just a notice on the bulletin board there I've been going there for 21 years I guess <laughs> 21 years you are so dedicated that's amazing Yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah, we just meet and we're always looking for new people. Our people have kind of wandered away. So if anybody wants to come to the chapters on the Calgary Trail on uh, the third Monday of every month at seven o'clock, you are more than welcome to come. <laughs> I love it. Over that period of time, you've seen a lot of people come and go, I imagine, and a lot of changes. So what trends have you witnessed in people's reading lives? Oh, that's a good question. Um... I think people like shorter books. I know I myself like shorter books because it just seemed like, oh, this is going to be such a huge time investment to read this book, even though it may be great. Um, I know that when I was younger, I would always, always want to read a series of books. If there was just one book, I would think, I just don't know if emotionally I can commit myself to that much time for just one story. Yeah. There's, how can that be enough? I always wanted to read a series, so like Dune or, you know, Isaac Asimov's robot series, that kind of thing. But now I've, I don't feel that way so much. <laughs> I almost feel the pressure of, of a series because it's like, oh, there's so many of them. And what if I get to the end of what's available and then I have to wait and I don't want to have to wait? <laughs> yes, that is a struggle for so many readers of a series, for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Charlene, I have totally enjoyed talking with you today. Well, I've enjoyed it too. This has been great. So Charlene, how can people find you? Um, it's mostly word of mouth. Um, I'm also on Facebook and I have a website. It's shesellsyourstuff.com, but it's mostly word of mouth. So if anyone in the Edmonton area is listening and you have things that you want to sell, but you don't have the time or you don't want to give out your address and deal with the porch pirates, because you know that's real, or contact Charlene and she will take care of you. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) 
<laughs> and this is your first time on a podcast, right? It is. I was so excited. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you've been such an active member of the Facebook group and you've generously provided books for the book truck. So I am thrilled that I can shine the light on you, your reading life and your work. <laughs> Thank you for all your awesome suggestions. I know people are going to be discovering new stories because of your great taste in books. Excellent. Come and take a seat. Come and take a seat with me. At the business bar. And now it's time to roll on up to the business bar, where I sit down, grab a drink, and talk about the business side of book truck life. Today, I am drinking an almond milk latte with a single shot of coffee. Because can you imagine me on a double shot? Yikes! I have been super successful cutting sugar out of my diet, and this is my first attempt at a latte. I don't love it. I am wishing for some of that nasty flavored creamer that my husband says I use too much of. <sighs> well, cheers to being more healthy. Okay, let's get down to the business side of book trucking, shall we? Today, I'm going to talk about online shopping. What? What does that have to do with Daisy the book truck and my face-to-face -face business of book selling? Glad you asked. Because let's be honest, computers are a thing. We research everything online, right? It's not, it's not a strange idea. So one thing that was important to me was to give you a point of reference so you could see what was not on the truck. That being said, we have worked really hard at Daisy Chain to make sure that every book that's in our inventory is available on our website. That means you can go and see what books are in stock, which ones are not. You can read about most of the books. You can see photos of the covers of most of the books. And you can see what exists because sometimes when you go into a store, you already have an idea of what you want, right? But sometimes when you come into the book truck, people have come in and they've said, okay, so I saw online that you have this, this, or this. Okay, so here's the challenge with that. If you have been around for a while, you know that Daisy Chain Book Company has about 11,000 books in my inventory, but how many fit in the book truck? Ding, 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 right, 2,200. So that means most of my books are not in the book truck when I go to any event. I would love for them to be available for you to see and hold with your precious little hands, but they're just not there. So I have to pick and choose which books I put in the truck, but... If you go online and you see books that you want, people have sent me messages, emails, DMs saying, oh, you're coming to this event. I saw that you have this book and this book and this book. Can you please bring them so I can look at them or purchase them? You bet I can, absolutely. So it helps you expand the books that are in the truck to exactly what you want. As well, many books that are available online can be available in the Edmonton area to be delivered for free. La la la. Yes, because why not? Why? Absolutely not. So when I do pickups and deliveries, I drive all through the city and we find a time that works for you and I will bring that book to you or books because who wants to stop at just one book, right? I mean, come on. So the other thing too is I also do mail books out. I've mailed books to far eastern Canada, to the States. Um, I've mailed them out. It's Granted, it's not as much fun as getting a book right away in your hands, but it is, it is a way to do it. So online, you can go to the website, 
You can order a book online and you can get it any way you want. You can choose delivery, pickup. You can let me know that that book is there and you can ask me to reserve it for you. All these things are possible. Why? Because with online shopping, I have given you a glimpse into my full inventory list. That means that you get to see everything. Anybody who comes into the truck who doesn't go online only sees about a fifth of my inventory. So yeah, you can actually go and you can search title, genre, author, you name it. And all of my inventory is available for you. Now you've been around for a while. You are too smart for me to tell you how online shopping works. You know about the click and add to cart and all that stuff. And while that can be convenient for securing a title that you wanna get before somebody else gets it, it's not as fun as picking a book off the shelf and claiming it and taking it and holding it and seeing it for yourself. I have a story of going online to one of the, let's just call them the big boys, shall we? I went to the big boys website and I ordered a book that I thought looked great and the price was really good. So I thought, what the heck? And when I got it, Y'all, this book was like five inches. It was a tiny little thing. Now, if I had seen that book with my own precious little eyes, I never would have paid it. But online, it was really hard to see. And who goes down and reads the dimensions of a book? Are you kidding? But in a bookstore, you can see it. So if you go online to daisychainbook.co, you can choose a book, you can say, hey, Brandy, you're coming to blank. And can you bring these books so I can look at them? Yeah, you can. That way you secure your purchase to get exactly what you want. And you have combined the online shopping convenience with looking at it in person and taking it if you want. That's awesome. I think that's kind of the best of both worlds. So that is what my purpose of having the online shopping available does for you. It expands your view of my inventory so you can see it all and choose the books you want so that I can bring them to you. That's it. That's book trucking. That is making sure that the books in my truck are for you and you decide what I carry. Making my website available just does it a little bit different. I was asked once when I was in the truck, well, aren't you worried that if you put all your prices online, people will see and they will try and beat your price? Um, good luck with that. <laughs> Most of the prices that are already set, I have researched and made sure that my price is still the better one. So if you can find a better one somewhere at a garage sale or a flea market, because really that's where you're going to find them at some table somewhere, someone's going to put books out and you'll probably get them for 50 cents or a nickel or whatever it is. Fine. If that's how you want to shop for your books, go to town, get your books however you can get them. Uh, I am not worried about people seeing the prices online. I am proud of the prices that I make available for you. And if it helps your shopping decision by saying, huh, Brandy has this book for $5.99, but this other store has it for $22.99. Hmm, I think you're a smart cookie. And I think that maybe that will probably help you decide what is valuable for you. So I'm the person who says, if I see that a book is available for $5.99 instead of over $20, and that means I can get dinner and a drink and a book for the same price, boom, done. That's what I want. So when I was talking to a gentleman in the truck, he said, well, if I go to your website and I'm looking for a book, what exactly am I going to see when I go there? All right, dude, here's what you're going to get. You are going to see hopefully a photo of most of the books, a synopsis of the book. You're going to see the price. There is even a wish list tab. So if you have a desire for a certain book or a series 
and you want to remember it, you can choose a wish list. You can even send that wish list to your friends, y'all, and then they can get you the books you want. Because you know what it's like to get books that you don't want or oh, books you already have. That means you're going to have to return that sucker. So a wish list is super, super, super helpful. You are also going to see updates on where Daisy's going and new things that are happening because there are things posted on the website that are not necessarily on all the social media. Just like if you are on my email list, you get information and you get perks and bonuses and specials that nobody else gets. So definitely if you go to the website, you can sign up for the email list. You can see links for my blog, this podcast. You can see all the different books listed by categories. It's just a cornucopia of awesomeness. You got to go there. And to the sweet girl who asked me, well, aren't you worried that if you have books online, then you're just becoming like the big boys? No, because I don't rely on the online shopping as a way to get the books to you. That is just an extra tool for you to use. Um, there are some businesses that are strictly e-commerce who don't have um, a secure place for you to actually see the product and touch it with your precious hands. I do. So for me, that is the most valuable part of this business. The face-to-face -face human connection, your contact physically with that book so you can see it. You can see why it's such a good price because the value is clearly present in front of you. And I'm not worried about e-commerce taking over because for some people, that will be how they choose to do it. And it doesn't matter how great of a space you provide for them. They are still going to choose that. That's fine. I mean, if you want to get your beautiful new book where you get your cat litter and your, your area rug and the replacement part for your desk chair and whatever, <laughs> you go to town. But I just do one thing. It's books. So I just want to make getting the books as easy for you as possible. And sure, there's that whole theory about online businesses and the big boys are taking over and they're breaking down the independent little bookstores and communities and there's no room for us. That is sometimes true for some places, but I think that you are all too smart to realize that that's the best and only way to do it. Sometimes the best part about getting the book is the getting of the book. It's the choosing, it's that moment, it's that beautiful experience of the hunting, the deciding, yes, this is the one, and then choosing it and then making that transaction of cash for a book and walking out with it right away. Like five seconds later, you can have that book in your hands. If you do e-commerce, you it's just a promise. You click, you add to cart, you pay mystery money and it goes into a mystery <laughs> file and then you're hopefully just gonna have some mystery little leprechaun come and deliver that book to your doorstep. Okay, that's that's fine, that works, but it's not so human. And I really do think that nowadays we are really lacking a human connection. And my desire is for people to have more opportunities to create communities, to grow their network of people that they care about and to share more of their lives with people. And I think we get so isolated and so tuned out to the people around us because so many things in our lives make it easy for us to click and collect and have things come to the door and we don't have to leave our homes. Y'all, this freaks the crap out of me. I do not like the idea that your life can be so inoculated to social contact that we can get everything we need brought to us and we don't ever have to talk to another human. 
So no, I am not worried that e-commerce and online shopping and the big boys are going to put people like me out of business. I'm more worried that you are not out there meeting people and talking to people and sharing your experiences with them and having chances to get to know them and have them get to hear your story. Compare books you love, compare books you hate. I don't care. That's fine too. But at least have some human time. So I do make my books available online, but it's more of like a research tool for a lot of people. And for others, it's just a really fun way to kind of dabble and search and read up on books and figure out which ones they want to read. Because you know what? It's fun. It's, if you're not reading a book, there's an awful lot of us. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of them who just loves to read about books and find out what other people are reading. And you're curious about what that series is about. Or, ooh, I, I never know about that one. And, ooh, I heard this one talked about on a podcast or in a movie. And I'm curious. You know what? There's so many places you can go and find that. Every time somebody comes to my website to look for a book, I am so honored that you considered me a valuable place to get information. So go ahead, add to cart or don't add to cart. Email me, message me, DM me, send me all your requests so I can bring the books you want to the events near you. That, that is my goal. And because that part of the business is so important to me, I spend a stupid amount of time in putting books into the database, making sure the information is correct, my husband, who is the behind the scenes wizard, checks to make sure that everything is right and he does quality control on things. And there's just a lot of data and a lot of information that goes out that way. So it is it is a big piece. I mean, when you are running a business and you have 11,000 things that you have to manage. <laughs> okay, so that is a lot, right? And I want to know that the book I have is available and ready. And when you ask for it, I want to know that I can put my hands on it in about three minutes. So there's an awful lot of information that has to go to make sure I can secure its location, its quality, its quantity, the whole deal. Because as I've said before, the book truck life is not just about the books, but it's also the business of books. I have loved all of your questions like these ones about what being an entrepreneur is like, especially doing something unique like this. I love it. Keep them coming. You can email me at brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I, at daisychainbook.co anytime. You can search Daisy Chain Book Company on any of the socials. Send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. You might hear your questions being answered right here. So whether you run a small business or you want to run a small business or you prefer to support local by purchasing from a small business, I believe that we should aim to be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. Today's chapter of the Book Truck Chronicles has been brought to you by that deer in the headlights look that you get when you walk into a bookstore with a list and get quickly overcome by the abundance of options and walk among the shelves with an expression I like to refer to as the Bambi. Until next time, happy reading!